my piece of advice, if anyone is ever going to hire a business coach or business advisor is make sure you hire one who has failed, uh, <laughs> not just put a couple of successes on their belt. Welcome to the Beyond Success Podcast, a collection of conversations with the best business minds, captains of industry, and entrepreneurs in the world. Learn what their journey has taught them, how they applied the lessons they learned, and ultimately created six, seven, and even eight-figure businesses. We can't create successful businesses by ourselves, so sit back and let the Beyond Success Podcast be your mentor. Now, here's your host, author, entrepreneur, public speaker, and master money manifester, Daniel Mangana. Hello and welcome to an episode of Beyond Success. I'm here with my man, Jay. He's about to rock our socks off. He's an accomplished, successful, wonderful human who's going to pour into us. And for the next little bit, give us some strategies that we can use to take this out of the park. So Jay, before I fandangle the magic of what you do, why don't you give us a cheeky, a cheeky intro of your own and then we'll get into it. Oh man, cheeky. I don't know if I can live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so I'm a serial entrepreneur for the last 30 years. Um, my current company is the Profit Architects, and that's I do business coaching and consulting. Uh, that's my ninth business over 30 years, and uh, so I've founded, bought, and sold businesses, uh, multiple seven-figure businesses. And uh, but if you do that math, you can also probably uh, pretty quickly surmise that I've also had some massive failure. Along the way. <laughs> as we all do, as we all do, part of the journey. Yeah. So, um, you know, my my piece of advice, if anyone is ever going to hire a business coach or business advisor, is make sure you hire one who has failed, uh, <laughs> not, not just put a couple successes on their belt. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I I run in a few circles now in terms of helping entrepreneurs. Um, you know, that's what I do now is I'm fortunate to be able to hang out with and help entrepreneurs all day long, every day. And that's what I love awesome. doing. Love it. Love it. I want to get a little bit into your pedigree because a lot of, I think it was one of my coaches, he's a, one that helps me with my, my writing and stuff. And he actually wrote an article for entrepreneur magazine that there are actually more business coaches in the US currently than there are business owners or something wild like that. It's a wild statistic that I probably got wildly wrong, but the spirit behind it is true that there are a lot of people talking about business coaching, but they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, let's teach you how to be a six figure business owner. And they haven't even made 30 grand coaching. So let's, let's, Let's dive into a little bit of that. Well, one and it's one of my favorites, one of my favorites there is when they claim to be a seven-figure coach. And mm -hmm. you you can almost tell that basically how they got there is they had 10 years in a row of six figures. So now they mm -hmm. call themselves a seven-figure business coach. <laughs> yeah. Trick tricks of the trade, not good. Yeah. It's just, really. And the thing is, is that for the most part, these disingenuous people, we can feel them that they're full of it. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at me. I, I make all this money. I remember I remember back in the day when I had my, my last consulting business, me and my partners, we went to go meet this guy. Um, and this is no, 
right, this is going to sound a bit weird, right? And like I'm being a bit of a twat, but just hear me out because it, it speaks to what we're talking about. But, um, you know, we rock up. I think we met at the Mayfair Hotel in Mayfair in London. And he rocks up saying, yeah, you know, I want to do this. He wanted us to work on some two or 300 million pound real estate deal that he wanted to do. And he had like a $50 watch on. Now, I know millionaires and billionaires who don't necessarily, I mean, just with Richard Branton, he wasn't wearing a particular leap. He had like a Casio on, right? But like the picture didn't fit. It did turn out he was full of it, right? He didn't have pot pissing, wasn't in a position to do a deal of that size, which we surmised quite quickly. Yeah. But there is a lack of congruence, which shows up when someone's not real. Right. And I say all of this because Jay is here as someone who you can literally do the numbers on, but knows what they're doing. So I want you guys to listen up when he's sharing with us today, because it's not another one of those charlatans. It's a real person doing real things that could help your business in a real way. So without that going any further down the rabbit hole, unless you wanted to tag team on that, uh, Jay, I want to get into some of the ways you actually. Well, let me add one thing. All right. And, and so it, it, I was in this business of helping uh, coaches and online marketers uh, about 15 years ago. And I, you know, mm-hmm. did fairly well and I had a, you know, built up. So I had my own pretty big list. I started, you know, hanging out with some of the big players and um, I actually got invited to this kind of invite only event um, with a bunch of other kind of bigger, bigger than me, uh, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I literally left that event. It was like a five day event. And I left that event and I, I walked away from the entire thing because wow. I came away from that event just with the realization that not every single one, but the majority of those big players at that event, they honestly didn't give a crap that only 1% of the people who bought their, you know, whatever they're selling actually took any action and did anything with it. And the other 99% failed. It, it just rolled off their shoulders. They didn't care as long as they were making money. And I, I just, I literally had like a moral crisis and I'm like, I, I can't be with these people anymore. I just walked away completely and focused on working with offline businesses um, and my own. Wow. And I too, uh, hang out in a couple of those, you know, circles where we're, where, even though we do our numbers, we're the, the little fish in the room. And it can be odd sometimes hearing what some, not all, again, it's not all, but what some do say. And I think anyone who has that crisis of confidence also has an, has a, a choice to make. At the time, that was the right decision for you. You've come back to help us now. Thank you to bring your wisdom and the experience that you've garnered. But do you look back and wonder if you couldn't have stayed and maybe have been the light in that situation or was it just too? Yeah, no, I, I have thought about that and and I, I'm sure I could have stayed. There were some other things happening um, at, at a personal level that just that decision made sense yeah. at the time. So I don't, you know, I, I don't regret any of that. I, I'm, you know, happy with how it all turned out. So mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful. Love that. Love that. Love that. So yeah, let's let's dive into what it is that you actually to do the Beyond Success podcast. We like to keep it, you know, on the money. Like, what's going on? How can we support people in having success in a wholeful, meaningful, integrity-driven business? And what are some of the ways that you support people in doing that as a profit architect? So, um, as the name suggests, uh, you know, I, I relate this from my own personal journey. So, my first company, I started it. I got to fifty employees. My ego got pretty big. 
I got the 5 million in sales. I kind of thought I was a hotshot and mm-hmm. I still wasn't making any money. I was barely, yeah. making, <laughs> I was barely making seven figures. I mean, six figures, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, and hadn't had a vacation in seven years. So I was the mm-hmm. typical entrepreneur, right? What on an outside looked like I had built this, you know, successful growing company and mm-hmm. um, I'm a slave to the company. You know, I've got I'm sure more clients, more leads, more revenue, and I've created more problems, more overhead, more <laughs> complexity. Um, and so there's a couple of different tracks that I run on. And one is just helping six and seven figure entrepreneurs figure out how to get out of that growth rut, how to start making profit uh, and, and look at some specific ways and strategies and working with them to increase profits. Um, and the thing is that a lot of people get, you know, they hear that initially and go, well, you're just helping people be greedy and put more money in their pocket. Not at all. It, you know, that could be the choice you make is to take all that profit that we helped you make and put it in your pocket. And that's fine. But, you know, all, mo- more often those entrepreneurs take that profit and reinvest a lot of it back into the business, or maybe they take that mm-hmm. fancy vacation finally. Um, but without profit, you can't do much of anything. You you remain a slave to your business. And that's really what I focus on is helping entrepreneurs to, you know, not be, um, to, to you know, it's a, it's a, overused cliche, but it's true, is to work on the business, not in the business. Um, so that's my track in, in terms of helping six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Yeah, because I mean, what do they say? Cash flow for vanity, profits for sanity. Is that the way that it, <laughs> is that the same? It is, yeah. Yeah, because you know, a friend of mine, he was sharing with me, he wanted me to actually support this friend of his. She's making $50,000 a month and always in debt, never in you know, just chasing the chasing. And for someone yeah. who is perhaps struggling, because most people aren't making that much. Most people are struggling to catch the six figures. Most people aren't making a living wage. They're just running around in circles. And so it, it, it may feel a little um, uncomfortable for someone who's you know pushing. I want to go and have that six figure business, multiple six figure, seven figure business. But Jay was doing that for seven years and didn't have a holiday and wasn't making any money. And, I suppose this real situation that a lot of entrepreneurs are in, I mean, that's the magic of what you do, that you actually can get us out of that insanity situation and, and move into a, a, a place where we're getting rewarded for the value that we're putting into the world, not just working to pay our salaries of our employees. For some people, their employees are making more money than they are at the end of the day, yeah. what's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's actually very common. Um, yeah. And, and it's just, a so first of all, it's a mind shift focus, but then there are, you know, actual practical strategies you can look at to do that. Um, and, you know, in, in, in my case with that first business, I, you know, build it to 200 employees and then uh, with no debt, I sold that business uh, a couple of years later and, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that without profit. Right. I wouldn't mm-hmm. if I was still only making six figures in profit, you know, mm-hmm. at 200 employees, there's no way anyone, anyone would have bought my company. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the exit. Um, I don't really want to hang around here too long because I really want to stick with the, with the profit piece. But, um, you know, I've been sort of moving around a bit more with circles of people who are doing the exiting thing. And uh, I suppose I'd always had that in my mind that there's only a particular type of business that could be built up and sold. But anything that's got a book of business that might be of value to someone else can be bought, built up and sold, right? 
Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I've sold a couple of businesses and, um, you know, in one case I wasn't looking to sell a competitor approached mm -hmm. me and I, you know, was like, well, I'll entertain this. It'll be, you know, nothing else but uh, fun. And I'll learn something about the, the process, but they, you know, in the end came up with enough to make it worthwhile for me to, to exit. Um, and, and what's funny is, you know, that, that was my first business. And, and when I early on, probably at about that same stage of, you know, 50 employees or whatever, um, somebody asked me, what's your exit strategy? And I was like, what is that? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I just, um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, the one thing I can just say is that, um, there's there's pluses and minuses. A lot of people, you know, I think it's like 0.4% of business owners ever sell their a business. Um, so if you're lucky enough to even be in a situation where you have an opportunity to do that, um, they, you know, the thing that I would just caution against is not being, you know, wowed by the the big check that's being waved in front of you, um, and really look at, you know, what am I giving up in terms of long term value that I can create, um, and and I, I can tell you, and not that I regret anything, but in my case, you know, having sold that business for millions of dollars, had I kept the business, I think I probably would have been better off in the long run. But, you know, that was a decision I made at the time based on lots of factors, not just the big check. So, and, and this actually pivots us in. This is why I really wanted to, to touch this, because this pivots us in into what you do supporting people getting into position where they're working on their business, not in their business. And in some cases, you can even start to create the systems and the, the structure so that even that working on is taking less of your time and energy too, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm pretty much there with this business that the only things that I do really are the things I want to do. Like I get to do this podcast. I get to talk to people. I create the content that I want to create. My team sometimes complain that we don't need any more content because I create so much. Uh, but the, the operations of the business don't inc include me. The coaches do most of the coaching and the delivery and so on and so forth. The back office team keep everything else ticking away. So if someone is in a position where they can, work with someone like yourself who can bring them to that space, they can actually get a better benefit in the long run than someone getting the check in the short term. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, part of any business coaches, uh, you know, repertoire strategy should be to work with the entrepreneur to, you know, to, to, you know, it's all part of the scaling process, right? Mm -hmm. um, everything you do ought to be focused on allowing the entrepreneur to be more strategic, you know, not to have to work the 78 hour weeks um, and, and to build things out. And so as you make adjustments to do that, whether it's a, a, a process thing, it, it, you can even do that with financials sometimes. Um, like one of my clients recently, um, I came in and, and I divided the company up into different financial buckets and I created a budget uh, and, and goals for each bucket. And suddenly it was operating like three companies inside of one, which made it much more efficient overall. And, and then, you know, you had a little more competition within the company and that kind of stuff. And it, it, it you know, had a huge impact. So there, there's lots of ways you can approach that process, but the end goal for sure is, you know, get that, you know, start to uh, develop that entrepreneurial lifestyle that you thought you were, you were, you know, getting automatically by starting your own company. Um, and then, you know, start to create some profit so that 
either you're reinvesting it into, you know, hiring additional people so that, you know, to remove yourself further, whether you're, you know, uh, reinvesting it in just more growth because there's nothing wrong with growth. It's just that if you have growth and no profit, that's where, you know, most entrepreneurs get in trouble. And this actually reminds me of when I was starting to really understand about the importance of A, business coaching and B, um, profit centers with my consulting business, because I was consulting in all these different areas and I'll do a bit of this, I'll do a bit of that. And actually when I separated everything into its individual little profit centers with cost centers, I could see, well, hang on a minute. This is responsible for 60% of my cost, but only 10% of my revenues. And it takes some of my time and energy too. Is there a way that I can fix that or drop it? And then the efficiency goes up. And that's what actually took me from going from, you know, two or 300,000 annually to over hundred monthly, just by doing this exercise of then saying, okay, all of that time, energy and resource can go into leveraging that, which is responsible for 40% of my revenue and only 10% of my costs. So I can scale that. But without that knowledge of what's going on, you're not going to be able to make those decisions, are you? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I am in exactly that situation right now, um, personally, <laughs> uh, where, because I just rehung my, this version of my coaching shingle a couple of years ago. And, you know, my, uh, I started down the path that we've talked about so far of working with the six and seven figure entrepreneurs, you know, my sweet spot in there is, you know, if somebody's already doing between like 500,000 and 5 million in revenue, that's kind of where, because uh, my largest company was like 10 million um, mm -hmm. in annual revenue. So, um, so I'm, I'm going down that path. And then um, I hired a LinkedIn lead gen company for myself. And mm -hmm. I started giving some sales coaching because I had a lot of experience developing sales teams and doing sales training and all these companies I've run uh, and as a coaching consultant. And so I started coaching the president of the company and he had me start to work with this sales team. And at one point I went to him and I said, you know, you guys are great at what you do, but if the people, if your clients on the other end of these calls you're putting them on aren't very good at selling, the ROI is just not going to be there. So we created these packages where for certain of their clients, they get sales coaching from me as part of the service. So I've worked with over the last couple of years, close to a hundred of their clients, uh, giving them individual sales coaching. Most of those people have been coaches and consultants. And so it kind of took me onto a separate track, but I'm ha I've had so much fun working with the coaches and consultants <laughs> on the sales part because most of them are very uncomfortable with sales. They have no desire to master the art of sales, but they certainly value and, and get great benefit out of some basic skills and tips on how to conduct themselves on sales calls. Uh, so it's been an incredibly successful program. I like doing it. Um, but it, but it, to circle back to your what you just said is I'm actually on that track right now. Where it's, <laughs> and, and I've had, you know, coaches tell me, you know, like, you got to focus on one, you got to stop trying to do both. And I'm like, I know, but I'm having so much fun doing both. <laughs> I so, suppose, but on, on that point of, you know, you should stop doing something. If you've got, if you've generated the resources and you've built the business up so that it can actually do, you can actually do what you want. Then if you want to do both, you can do both, but you've gotten to a place where you have the freedom to do both. If someone's at the beginning of their journey, they're struggling to make bank. They, they're not even making enough to really comfortably cover their bills, let alone have some freedom. Then 
would you suggest that person does focus on one thing and get absolutely. to a place where they can enjoy? Yeah, absolutely. You got, you got to focus. I've seen, mm-hmm. and myself included, you know, nine businesses, you know, there have been times where I have spread myself too thin because I've got three businesses going at once. Um, and, you know, while I might've gone into it thinking that was very manageable based on the state of that business and where it was at and what my time commitment would be. But then, you know, the crap hits the proverbial fan and suddenly one of those businesses is absorbing, you know, 80% of my time and I'm, I don't have time. You know, so yes. And, and one of the hardest things when you're starting out is knowing when to fire clients. Um, and that can be, you know, you talk about generating profit. It's exactly the thing that you just talked about is you've really got to look at your clients and, and you'll, you know, when you do that, it's like, okay, for this particular client, you know, it's this much time or it's this much in, you know, my cost of goods and, and here's the net re- result in terms of profit. And then I've got all these other clients out here where my net result and profit is four to five times higher but I like this person and, and we started with them and I don't want to walk away from them. Very hard decisions to make as an entrepreneur, but they're critical to, to get to that next level, to get out of that growth rut and, and really start to scale. Mm-mm-mm. Let's talk about scaling a little bit, because this is something that you've done. That's something you support people in doing. Is your profit architectureship just about scaling? Like Break that down for us so that we can really sort of wrap our heads around what this process is that you're taking people through, please. So, um, you know, starting with the entrepreneur, it revolves around recognizing your, what you do best and your strengths and looking at how much time, uh, you know, because as an entrepreneur, you wear every hat, right? Your human resources, your IT, your sales and marketing, your everything. So everybody comes into an entrepreneur with certain skills, a lot of entrepreneurs are an expert at a technic, something technical um, and have no you know, concept of sales and marketing. Well, and then they try to you know, be the sales and marketing arm. And in one sense, that's great because they're the founder. So you have to be involved in sales and marketing. But in another sense, they know nothing about sales and marketing and have no skills. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's being able, you know, that's where you start is, are you making you the best use of your time? Cause that's the most limited thing in any business is the entrepreneur's time to devote to it. Um, and then you start, you know, like my process, for instance, is I have up to oh, actually over 40 different areas of a business that I'll look at and I'll sit down and do a deep dive with the entrepreneur and say, okay, are, are you doing this? No. All right. Add it to the list. Are you doing this? Yes, but not very well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Add it to the list. Are you doing this? Yeah, I think we're okay on that. Okay. Discard that one aside. And so we go through all those areas and what you hope to come up with at the end is a list of eight to the 12 of those areas where they're not doing it or not doing it well. And you look at each one of those and go, okay, what, which ones have the least cost and effort and most profit impact? Put that at the top of the list and then just start working your way down. Then put a timeline to each of those. Say, okay, what's realistic for if we focus on this, you know, the entrepreneur and their coach, let's focus on this one first. Uh, what's a timeline to realistic to expect that? Okay, here's the next one. There's some overlap in that timeline. We can start on this next one, you know, halfway through that one, and you build a timeline out. And that literally becomes the blueprint that I use for coaching and, and working with the entrepreneur to help scale them. Awesome source. And I believe you've got um, a masterclass or a channel, something that you do around that so people can sample it. What, so people can get, get a taste of what you do. 
So I, so there, I have a couple of um, freebies on my website, first of all, yeah. which is the profitarchitects.com. Um, you're welcome to go there. One is around uh, storytelling and the sales process. Mm-hmm. And one is what I call find your profit why. So that's along the lines of, you know, Simon Sinek taught us about discovering your why, which is critically important. And then I'm trying to take it a step further and say, okay, now let's talk about your profit. Why, you know, why do you want profits? What, what are you going to do with them? Um, And then, you know, you're working backwards to how to create more of that. But, um, and then I have a couple of things coming up. I am, I'm actually doing a a pricing for profits masterclass. This is geared towards coaches and consultants. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I don't have links on that yet, but um, uh, maybe I can get those to you uh, later. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll keep that up. And, and what we'll do is we'll stay in touch with you so that anyone who's listening to this in the future, if you listen to this, we're recording in May 2022. If you're listening to this in the future, uh, my team are going to stay in contact with Jay's team and make sure we keep this updated with whatever's going on because. I just believe in what he's doing. I think it's awesome. And I think it will really help you. So we want to make sure that that's always available. So, Yeah. And I have a, a sales coaching program I'm rolling out uh, as well, which is an offshoot of all this individual coaching I've done. It's kind of geared again towards speakers, consultants, uh, and coaches. Um, and that should be ready in the next few weeks as well. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. So yeah, guys, we'll, we'll make sure we get that all in, in the notes and, just check the notes, whatever the next thing that's going on for Jay is, it's going to be in the notes and you can go to the profitarchitect.com. I think you said. Profit Architects. Yep. Yeah. Profit Architect. We'll pop that in the link, uh, the, the notes as well. So for someone who's listening to this and they're like, Jay, I want to, I want to go ahead and start getting something moving now. What are some initial steps that you suggest to someone who wants to make a shift happen? Uh, so that's a, it's a hard question to answer because the answer is different based on exactly where the person is in, in that mm. moment of time, right? So the answer, and that's one of the things that drives me nuts about a lot of uh, coaches and consultants out there. It's like, okay, here's my cookie cutter uh, mm-hmm. program and, you know, uh, <laughs> hope it works for you. Um, and that's the trouble. <laughs> if it doesn't, too, too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and by the way, with anything that I do, I try to at minimum have an ROI guarantee. So like if you hire, if you're, you know, a six figure business owner and hire me as your business coach, I have a hundred thousand dollar profit guarantee program. That's more for like a seven figure business um, where I guarantee a hundred thousand in profit above my fees. But if, Mm -hmm. if you're like a six figure business and you bring me on as a coach, I will at least guarantee a a break even ROI profit, not revenue profit Mm -hmm. return, or I'll keep working Mm -hmm. with you until you get that satisfaction, yeah. right? Because that, and that's the thing is it does me no good to have clients who aren't happy at the end. <laughs> exactly. I had this really horrible experience with a company that was, and the thing is it was suggested to me, we hired them for a particular thing. The thing didn't get delivered. And they're like, well, did you look at the small print? You know, we promised that. But that's not a promise. That's basically what I paid for. I paid for this thing. <laughs> well, you know, uh, sorry about that. It's like, really? <laughs> like, I have 150,000 people on social media and two top-ranked podcasts where if I wanted to, I could, like, you don't, and some people just don't have the integrity to just think beyond the, well, I can't remember what you paid them, eight grand or something like that. It's not going to cost them. And it, and the thing is, it's not like it was a hard deliverable that was going to cost them to make right. 
It wasn't going to cost them anything to make right. Wouldn't have cost them anything to stick with us until they met the promise that they've made. Yeah. But unfortunately, not everyone has your integrity, Jay, right? A lot of people are just like you said before, but they just want to get that check. And I believe their day will come. And those people listening, I believe anyone who's listening to this podcast is not going to be of that ilk. But I would say just revel in the fact that you're not of that ilk and keep being a light like Jay's being, like we're doing our best to be for people who are offering integrity in the marketplace, who are delivering properly on their service and are actually adding value into the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think, you know, my my sort of other general advice um, for, for people starting out is, is, you know, to really analyze the time that you spend and what you're spending it on. Um, because that is a killer for a lot of entrepreneurs. They can have a great concept. They can have, you know, be great at one part of their business, but they get sucked into all the other hats they have to wear as an entrepreneur, especially at the beginning, because you can't, you know, you can't, I can't afford a, a CFO. I can't afford a VP sales. Um, and, and you end up trying to do all of it and, and then none of it well. Um, and that really is the key is as fast as you can is to, you know, get to a point where you can bring in outside resources, even a business coach or a fractional uh, marketing person or a fractional CFO. Um, you know, those are ways that you can accelerate your stuff. And it's, and it's painful because it's almost like, you know, at any, at every point, you're like, I can't really afford to do that. Um, but you almost have to, you know, you have to take those calculated risks over and over again uh, to keep growing and, and, and keep going on. And then the last thing I'll say is pricing. Pricing, like I'm going to do this pricing masterclass. Is see, so many entrepreneurs make so many mistakes in pricing their products or services. Um, you know, they'll use like a cost plus model, or they'll just comparison price. Well, all my competitors are charging this, so I think I need to be around this. And there's no real strategy to it. Um, and um, it's amazing. Like I do an exercise uh, with my clients where we're like, okay, let's say you raise your price 40%. Um, so, so I'll give a, a quick example. So let's say I have, um, I have 100 customers who have bought my $500 course. And I say, okay, what if we raise that 40% and sell it at 700, the same course? Mm-hmm. Well, how many customers out of that 100 do you think you would lose by that additional increase in bump in the price? Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually, you know, the guesses can be all over the place, but when you kind of think it through and rationalize it, say, okay, that 100, maybe I lose 20. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of work out the math and I'm doing, I'm doing this one by memory, but this example, but I think it's, I think you can lose like 31 or 33 clients uh, at that example and, and break even and, and be making the exact oh, same thing. Exactly. So if out of your hundred, you only ended up with, you know, 69 uh, mm-hmm. customers after that, you're still, you haven't lost anything. But if you only lose 10 or 15, you've incrementally added profit to the bottom line because that's pure, that's 100% pure profit, assuming there's no, assuming there's no additional cost of goods for each sale or or customer. And then, you know, when you extrapolate that into, say, a higher end coach who you use that same kind of example and say, okay, I've got 50 clients and I might lose 10 and I make a little more money by raising my price. But what did you just gain by losing 10 clients in terms of your time? 
That's the other part of the equation. So anyway, there's a whole formula. It does involve adding cost of goods factored in to see what your real profit is. But you know, just just you know, you want to generate profit in your company. Really look at your prices and and what you may might be able to do there. And a lot of people don't even look at the maths, right? To know that this is this is the situation. They don't. Yeah, this is such. A, a simple idea that can literally change the game for someone who's wanting to increase their profit margins. And let's say that maybe you change your acquisition strategy at the same time as changing the price. Maybe you actually get an increase in clients. It's, it's really wild to. And there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of pricing tricks uh, that you can use too, where, you know, you can add an upper level price that you, you know, like, like I've seen examples where it's like, okay, my top coaching package is $3,000. Well, suddenly you add a $6,000 package thinking I'm just mm-hmm. using it to kind of anchor my 3000, which is really what I want to sell. And the next thing you know, people are buying the $6,000 program. <laughs> 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 so there's all kinds of things you can do. And it, it doesn't yeah. always have to be about increasing price, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe your prices are fine where they are, what can you do to then add more customers by, you know, what kinds of value can you add to whatever they're buying now so that you might have a higher conversion because the value perception is that much higher. This is, I spoke to a friend Well, I actually spoke on the conference of a friend of mine yesterday and I gave him some advice like two years ago around relationship capital. And all that he did was change the way that he relates with his customers and without doing anything else, his bottom line went up 30%. Yeah, the 30% bump just by shifting the relationship that he had with his his existing customers. And they started bringing in more referrals. They started spending more money with him just by doing that as well. So when you're combining these things that you're sharing, these powerful tools that you're sharing, and we're also remembering that it's actually easier to keep the people that you've got (laughs) than it is. It's cheaper to keep the people that you've got than it is to go out and acquire more. Absolutely. So to change the relationship to that as well, again, it could just mix it all up. Introducing that new offer that adds more value and deepens the relationship with them and gives them more transformation, you will start to see people moving and migrating in. It's just awesome. Thank you for that. What's one lesson from your journey that you would say has been really instrumental in you having some of the success that you've seen? Not the number one thing, just one of those, one of the, one of those things that you've had, Jay. I've got a few. Um, <laughs> what or two? So, uh, so, so part of my story is that after the 2008 to 10 or 12, whatever rate, range you put in those years of that, the financial crisis that happened, um, I lost everything. Mm-hmm. So I literally, uh, and, and this isn't an exaggeration, went from living in a mansion as a multimillionaire to living in my friend's basement and not even owning a car. Mm-hmm. Complete total wipeout. So mm-hmm. I might be a decent entrepreneur, but I really suck at, at investing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, having gone through that experience, um, and, and I'm not entirely proud of how I reacted to that because I spent a number of years in what I call the seller of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really took me a long time to build up what I thought was the resilience I needed to, for instance, hang, rehang that coaching shingle and put myself out there again. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was, you know, really a debilitating 
<laughs> experience when your entire uh, persona for the last 20 years has been built around being a serial entrepreneur. And, and you know, I was very well connected and known in my local community uh, as an entrepreneur. Um, and so it, it really was, you know, it's like an earthquake. Um, and, uh, you know, just the build back process from that. And, and you know, I, I, I'm still working on, you know, uh, uh, condensing that down to one short, powerful message. So if, if anybody has some, some ideas to help me there, I appreciate it. Um, but, you know, you, you, at some point, you just have to get back to what, what is it that is at your core? And what, what brought me out from the depths was that I've just got to get back to hanging out with and helping entrepreneurs. Like I love doing that. It, it, you know, it fulfills me. It challenges me. Um, you know, I, I get the immense satisfaction from helping an entrepreneur, uh, you know, whether it's a little problem or a big problem. Um, I, that's what I live for. And so that's what I've tried. To, and, and we haven't talked about, I don't, we probably don't have time, but the, the one other thing that I do is I got involved with the Global Leaders Organization. We call it GLOW. And that's an organization which is modeled after uh, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, YPO, Young Presidents, WPO, which are decades old uh, global entrepreneurial communities with tens of thousands of members. And we've modeled GLOW exactly after those organizations, um, but we have a, a lower uh, uh, criteria to entry. Um, so we're, we wanna be more inclusive. And we have a much lower price point, and that's because we have global partners like Microsoft, LinkedIn, Deloitte. And so I run the Pittsburgh chapter of GLOW, but I'm also in the leadership team of GLOW, and it's my job literally to find, recruit, and work to onboard uh, chapter chairs to start chapters all over the world. And so that was kind of my final piece to you know this comeback story from being in the basement to, you know, look, now I'm in charge of finding entrepreneurs to start new chapters of GLOW all over the world, which means I can travel anywhere in the world as a business right off now, and just creating this life where I just hang out with and help entrepreneurs. That's absolutely awesome. Maybe we need to talk about one down here in Carbo because we've got a big expat, very, very big expat um, community here so it's definitely something to explore I'll, I'll chat to you about that offline yeah awesome yeah thanks for sliding that in um jay i want to start to wrap this up now um any final thoughts that you've got for the listeners and again guys make sure you head over to jay's site grab some of those free resources we're going to keep you updated with everything that he's doing so just keep coming back to this but make sure you get on his email list and see what he's up to because he's really got a lot to share a lot of wisdom a lot of experience uh, and a lot of passion for helping entrepreneurs just like you have more profit, have more impact, have more meaning, have more stability, all of the good things. So please do make sure you dive in with him. So yeah, Jay, any closing thoughts for the listeners today? So I'll throw something out. And this is, again, more geared towards, um, uh, well, it, it's a sales uh, thing. And, it, and this might be a little bit more geared towards online entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers, consultants. But in the in the online world, people spend so much attention focused on all the stats in their funnel. You know, you got this many visits and this many clicks and this many opt-ins and this many, you know, made it through the whole fancy sales nurture funnel 
and then they come out at the end. And if, you know, there's a lot of things you can do online where the end is just buy my product, right? But when you get into like high-end coaching and consulting, mm-hmm. you know, that's a personal relationship. And I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars until I jump on a call with you and find out who you are and what you're about, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody spends any time focused on those final statistics. Like out of every 10 people I get in front, front of on a Zoom call, as, as you know, whatever your sales process is, it might not just be a one call process, one or two or three calls to, to close or enroll that high-end coaching client. Nobody pays attention to all the leaks out of the funnel. So if you're converting, you know, three or four out of 10, what if you doubled that number because you developed some sales skills and, and got more comfortable and less fearful about that selling process? Again, you don't have to be a master salesperson, but there's a lot of things you can do to help elevate your confidence, how comfortable you are and how conversational you are and authentic uh, in that sales process. So think about that. Love it, love it, love it. Take a look at those final numbers, guys. More wisdom from the mind of Jay, which like you said, it's not come from a silver spoon. It came, it's battle tested, battle hardened. And definitely, uh, yeah, I think when do you realize that listening to someone who's been somewhere you want to go, you can take advantage of their pain and have to go through it yourself. It just makes it, it just makes it much, uh, much more enlightened experience listening to someone who's got some wisdom to share. So thank you. Thank you for pouring into us today. So guys, again, head over to Jay's website, check him out, dive in deeper, start making those differences in your life. If you know someone who has a business, share this with them. We are doing really well as a podcast because those of you who are listening to these are sharing it. You're sharing your experience with ratings and reviews. Please keep doing that. It means the world to me. Uh, love serving you guys and would love to do more. Uh, until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Subscribe if you haven't. Let us know who you are if you do and share this with someone regardless. And bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Beyond Success Podcast. We hope that it has been of service to you. For more information and to stay up to date with the latest from Daniel Mangana, please head over to dreamwithdan.com. We'll see you for the next one.